Chapter One of Titus, a Comrade of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Titus, a Comrade of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter One. About seventeen years before the story begins, there was mourning in one of the most beautiful homes of Jerusalem. In the court of the household, the servants were gathered about the great central fountain, some weeping loudly, and some talking, and gesticulating. "'We shall never, never see him again,' said an elderly woman, wringing her hands. "'He was such a darling, so sweet,' sobbed another, "'and so beautiful, with his lovely eyes, and his cheeks red as a pomegranate. "'Oh, my, David, my David!' wailed a fourth, sitting flat upon the ground, with her head upon the edge of the fountain, and her tears mingled with its waters. Who could have had the heart to take thee from thy mother? His mother will die, said the woman, who had spoken first. I have it from Reba, a waiting woman, that she hath gone from one fainting fit into another since she was told the child had been stolen. And Prisca gone too. Dost think she stole the little one? Nay, woman, Prisca loved the lad as her own life. She would never harm a hair of his head. I know that she loved him. But I fancy that she loved that beggarly Greek better. Dost think the Greek carried them both off? How could he, broke in another? There was no way had he been so minded. Thou knowest not everything, said an old woman, who had not spoken before. I have caught it from master's own body-servant, Malchus, that the master caught the Greek talking to Prisca in the gateway once, and bade him be gone. The man answered something in an unknown tongue, but with a bold look withal. The man gave command to have him seized and scourged, which was done forthwith, and a heavy scourging it was, too, for he was a Gentile. That was ten days since, and now Prisca and the little David have both disappeared. Here all the women broke out afresh into loud wailing and lamenting. In the meantime, a far more painful scene was now passing in the interior of the palace. The sunshine was filtering through the branches of the trees, making wavering spots of brightness on the velvet sward. Roses, lilies, oleanders glowed in rich masses, around the basins of the marble fountains birds singing sweetly fitted here and there yet everything seemed sad and forsaken for the mistress of this beauty and splendor lay white and grief exhausted on her couch in a shaded chamber near her his face buried in his hands sat her husband no anna he groaned i can get no trace of him i have sent the servants in every direction Malchus hath searched the city since early dawn i myself sought all night yet will i find him he continued fiercely springing up and pacing the chamber hurriedly it were too horrible a thing to endure patiently may the god of abraham witness that i will be avenged of this wrong and yet who can be my enemy who would dare to steal david the only son of caiaphas tis some plot to make me pay monies for his redemption yet would i pay to the whole of my fortune oh my son my son 
and the unhappy father rent his garment and lifting up his voice wept bitterly nay my husband don't despair spoke the soft voice of anna there is yet hope he hath only been gone since yester-eve yet as she spoke the vision of her three-year-old darling rose before her and she fancied him wailing for his mother perhaps sick and lonely in some dark den of the city perhaps dead and her courage failed her she too wept bitterly smothering her sobs womanlike lest she add to her husband's anguish and so the hours heavy with sorrow lengthened into days and no tidings of the lost child the days became weeks and still no word of hope so passed away months and the months leaden-footed became in their turn years the wailing in the servants quarters ceased the symbols of mourning were laid aside and nothing but the anguished look in the eyes of the mother told of the hidden sorrow a sorrow more bitter than death no more children came to fill the house with play and laughter and while the gentle anna became sad indeed and silent caiaphas the master grew by degrees gloomy taciturn and of a temper not to be trifled with over the home once so gay and happy lay a pall which could never be lifted once at feast time anna fancied that she caught a glimpse of the missing prisca the woman held by the hand of a boy about ten years dark-eyed dark-haired with the color of a ripe pomegranate in his lips and cheeks but before she could call a servant the two had disappeared in the crowd and could never be found though jerusalem was searched from wall to wall and outside the walls also among the pilgrims encamped there perhaps after all it was not prisca said anna sadly to caiaphas as they sat in the garden at twilight i did not see her face by reason of her veil but the boy oh my husband he was so beautiful and bursting into tears she hid her face on his arm nay my brave wife weep not am i not better to thee than many sons and so he strove to comfort her sore heart and again the empty years rolled on end of chapter one